Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And every week we gather around this table, and you know, there have been a few weeks where we've filled in with some other folks because change happens in our lives and things move us in different directions and we can't always do the things that we have on our agenda. So Rachel, I'd like to talk about that today because life will always throw curveballs. Absolutely. And some seasons of my life, I feel like I'm in a never ending baseball game and I'm constantly at bat um, and the ball keeps coming, curveball change. So definitely that's something that all of us have experienced. I know you and I have experienced it recently. Sometimes that curveball um, is, you know, just life happening. Sometimes it's it's a curveball that God throws, um, maybe to get us uh, on the course that He has for us. Sometimes it's um, something another person does. You know, we get a, a pink slip at work, we lose our job, um, and everything turns upside down. Sometimes we get a diagnosis, and it's going to mean massive changes, and everything turns upside down. Sometimes it's a change in our our relationship status our marital status and, um, you know, someone uh, leaves us and that uh, turns our life upside down. You know, I remember to mix metaphors here between curveballs, my friend Tracy, I remember sitting across from her probably about two years ago and we hadn't caught up in a while and we had sat down for coffee and, you know, I looked across the table at her and she looked across the table at me and I said, how are you? And she said, well, you look so serene sitting there and I wish I could trade places with you because I just got diagnosed with breast cancer and I feel like my life has been put into a blender Mm. and somebody pushed pulse. You know, we all have that life. And she had, she didn't have any symptoms really. You know, she didn't realize anything was wrong. It's just bam, you know, this is changing everything. You know, life is like that and we don't know what the future holds, but thank goodness, you know, God does. And so in those moments of feeling like you're in that blender, you're in that batter box, it's comforting to me um, to think that God knows exactly what that pitch is that's that's headed my way. And he knows how to help me hit it if I'll let him. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I hear you say this friend of yours had a curveball that, you know, sometimes when we get those curveballs coming at us, we want to duck. We want to cover. We mm-hmm. want to try to avoid it. But life just happens. I mean, I know you went through losing your dad. Mm -hmm. I went through losing my father-in-law last year. Uh, And there are things in our lives that we're never going to be prepared for other than we need to just know that God knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And even in the midst of craziness, you know, Hebrews 11, 8 says, he went out not knowing where he was going. And sometimes that's how we have to face life. We just go like your friend. I don't know what breast cancer is going to bring. I don't know what tomorrow is going to hold, but I do know who holds my tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Now, you know that we just had a major curveball in our life. My husband has always been healthy. I mean, we go get our checkups, but he's never had a problem, 
never spent one day in the hospital. And then he went in and they said, you need to get to the emergency room. And within a matter of days, he had quadruple bypass, a replaced valve. His heart stopped. It was insane how quickly our life absolutely not only changed, but came to an abrupt halt. Mm -hmm. I mean, I dropped out of everything. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't leave his side for a month. We were in the hospital and I was there holding his hand, uh, learning about this new thing that was uh, attacking his body. And that's the kind of change that when you have no choice and you are absolutely uh, stopped in your tracks, it's at those moments that you can do nothing else but lean in to God and say, I, I mean, honestly, Rachel, there were days when I had cried all the tears I could cry, I had prayed all the prayers I could pray, and the only thing I could say is, God, you know. And that's all I could get out of my mouth. And mm -hmm. it was like he said, yep, yep, I do. I've got this. So when change hits us and knocks us, uh, when that curveball doesn't get caught by the catcher, it smacks you right in the temple and <laughs> knocks you flat. Mm -hmm. That's when you go, okay, God, you've got me, right? You know, I can relate to you saying, you know, you, you get to a point where you can't, you can't even pray. I mean, that you want to pray, you know, this needs prayer, but you're just so spent that you're, you know, you, that's when all you can really say is, you know, help, help, help Jesus. But, um, you know, that's the beauty of community and friends, right? They can, they can pray for hours when you can barely eke out two sentences. There was never a time when I felt uncontrollably out of my mind. You know, I just never felt like I was disturbed by it, which kind of made mm -hmm. me feel a little strange, honestly, because there was such <laughs> peace that just settled in that I didn't get worked up, even when I was holding his hand. And it was two days, two and a half days after his surgery, I'm holding his hand and his heart stops. And they rush in mm -hmm. to do the paddles. I did... I did not get all worked up over it because there was this abnormal comfort that just mm -hmm. was absolutely thick. And here's what I did. I sent a text and said, heart stopped, pray. And I sent it to Mary Kay, and she sent it out to all the prayer warriors that we know. Mm -hmm. And I found out, Later, I didn't know this at the time, but I found out later there were people in states all across this country that had 24-hour prayer vigils for my husband. Oh, that's and isn't that's that amazing? It's mind mind blowing. Mm -hmm. And here's what here's what he said. Now, when his heart stopped, I I saw him laying there, eyes open, not breathing, and he he just looked like something out of a movie it was surreal and they hit him with the paddles and he he was gone for you know I don't know how it felt like an eternity but it was just a few seconds and when he came to himself a couple of days later he told me he said when I was out of it 
I could see these uplifted hands, palms up, encircling me. Hmm. And he said, I couldn't see faces. I could just see these palms up and people saying, it's okay, we've got you. Hmm. And he said, Lou, I know it was the prayers. Those palms up represented the prayers of every single person. And they were lifting me. They were actually holding me up with their prayers. Mm. He said, I can't, I can't describe it any better than that. But I thought, wow, what a beautiful picture mm-hmm. of our family of God. Mm-hmm. When we can't utter a prayer, we step in and we intercede and we fill in the gap for others. My friend Gwen, you know Gwen, um, Gwen had her house hit by lightning. Like, you know, again, these curveballs can come out of nowhere. Her house got hit by lightning one night and um, just in a regular old storm, and they were able to get themselves and their um, pets out of the house, and they were able to back their cars up out of the driveway. But other than that, their house was just majorly on fire, and they're displaced for months. Um, So, you know, she is said the same thing. It's like when you literally don't even have a change of clothes to your name, life stops, you know, all your grand mm-hmm. plans of things you were going to do and projects you were working on, everything just sort of stops because you, all you can do is manage um, the massive change that has just happened in your life. Well, here's something that my husband said while we were in the hospital. He said, this has opened my eyes so that I want God to allow me to see the needs of others like people have been there for us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think so often people around us need things, but we don't slow down long enough to find out what their needs are. And everybody, when you look around you, everybody is experiencing some kind of change. Now, Rachel, you have a son that's getting ready to have his license. You have a daughter in college. Mm -hmm. You just went through some health issues. Mm -hmm. And we can look at anybody and say, wow, I wonder what they need. And Lord, would you help me understand how to help them through this change? Mm -hmm. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So there is that, you know, take take strength, take courage that God is with you. But the second part of that is um, absolutely you are the body of Christ, the hands and feet of Christ. And you are to bear one another's burdens, um, as it says in, in the Gospels. And so we need people to help bear our burdens. And we need to recognize that um, everybody's everybody's got those from time to time. And in our society, we don't tend to speak up about them a whole lot. So we have to have um, eyes that see. Uh, as, as Dwight was saying, open my eyes, Lord, to the needs of others so that I can be there to meet them. Part of it is trusting, you know, trusting what the what the scriptures say, you know, God says, and that very 
famous verse from Jeremiah in 29:11. You know, I know the plans that I have for you, and there are plans to prosper you and not to harm you. You know, I'm going to give you a future and a hope is what God tells us, so we can hang on to those promises when we're in that batter box and you know the the, the ball has just knocked us upside the head. But um, and then, like I say, at the same time, though, uh, we need to, to reach out to the team on the field with us and, and ask for help. And, you know, there are times when, you know, we're talking about how life happens and we get thrown the curveballs. But there are times, Rachel, that change doesn't have to do with what life has done to us. It's that God is expecting us to make a change in our life, and yet we drag our feet because we're kind of comfortable right where we are. So there's that side of change as well. Right. Sometimes we need to throw the curveball in our own lives. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I when I look back over my life, I see certain times where... Uh, it's almost like things had to get pretty rough. Things had to kind of go kind of go south before I was willing to make a major change. And I wonder, you know, uh, if if you know God was waiting for me to to be uh, brave enough or um, in tune mm-hmm. enough with Him to make that change without hanging around until everything starts to go down the tubes. Does that make sense? You know? Yeah. Like you're, you're in the house and it's already halfway flooded and you're thinking, uh, God, are, are you sure? Do you, I don't know if you want me to move or not. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, get, you know, you know, there's that whole, you know, cartoon that used to circulate online following the hurricanes, which we have a lot here on the coast in North Carolina. You know, the person play, sitting on top of their house, which is flooded, and they're um, on the roof trying to avoid the floodwaters, and they're praying for God to save them. And, you know, God is kind of up there saying, well, I sent you a rowboat, and then I sent you a speedboat. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, and you didn't get mm-hmm. in any of them. But um, so, yeah, sometimes we have to initiate some change in our life. Um we, we kind of get stuck and where we're at sometimes and we can't seem to get moving again or, you know, growing again or um, just, you know, I, I've done that. I've gotten stuck in a certain job that I was in or in a certain role that I was in or even stuck in a certain like friendship I was in that had really run its its course. And, um, you know, the longer you stay there, the more inertia sets in. There are times when we need to allow God to move us. And I think about the disciples and how easy it would have been for them. I mean, Peter tried several times. Hey, let me build something for all of us to just hang out together up here, Lord. You know, Peter wanted to just keep Christ to himself and uh, just kind of hang out. But God was always pushing his disciples to change and to stretch and to grow. And I think of in Mark 6, 45, when he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. Now, you've got to wonder what the disciples were thinking. They probably were saying, well, why don't you want to come with us? Why are you asking us to do this? And it's the same thing when we are being asked to change something in our lives and we drag our feet and we say, yeah, but I like it here. It's nice and comfy. It's kind of like my brown couch, Rachel. You've you've been swallowed up by my brown couch before, and you get in that, and you just don't want to get out. When we get in that comfortable place in life, sometimes we just don't want to move. But if the disciples 
had not gotten into the boat and gone out into the middle of that storm, they would never have seen Jesus walking on the water. And they would not know what that feels like to see that kind of that kind of Jesus show up in their life. And I think that he wants to show up in each one of our lives, and sometimes we're the reason he can't really show himself because we won't move. You know, I think of our friend Savannah. Savannah endured just horrific abuse um, as a as a child, as a teenager, and for so long in her life, she that was something she didn't want to talk about. She didn't want to think about it. She didn't want to talk about it. Now it was still. A, a wound for her, right? It was still affecting her, but she didn't want to talk about it. Um, and she resisted that. Um, and it wasn't until a few years ago that she um, agreed to talk about it to law enforcement groups and other um, uh, activist groups who were seeking to, you know, prevent kids from being abused in the ways that she was or from being, you know, trafficked um, or, or what or not. And when she started speaking up, which was hard for her, it was terrifying for her, she didn't want to rethink through that or relive those experiences. But when she started speaking up, oh my gosh, she starts to experience healing and she starts to see how sharing mm. her story is helping all these people across the nation. And a whole new chapter of her life has opened up as she travels all around the country now and a whole new chapter of healing. You know, she found purpose in that very pain that she was trying so hard to just avoid and and ignore and, and you know, was resisting kind of... Um, thinking about. And so, you know, I, certainly I can understand Savannah saying, I don't really want to think about that chapter of my life or relive that chapter of my life. But um, isn't it interesting how once she threw the curveball in her own life by saying yes to, uh, I think it was a law enforcement group or somebody that wanted her to come and speak. She threw that curveball, you know, she got the courage to do it and it has changed her life. And oh my gosh, so many lives have been positively impacted because of it. I couldn't agree more. That That's a great example. You know, there are so many of us that uh, have something to share. We have uh, things that God wants to do through us, and yet it takes us being willing to say, okay, God, you are, I'm going to say yes to you interrupting my calm world, and I'm going to allow you to uh, uncover those things that I've been trying to hide behind and those things that I've been trying to pretend weren't there. I'm, I'm going to give you permission because God will never, he will never force his way in, but he wants to allow that change to bring about something so brand new, so beautiful, but we have to give him permission to do it. And then we have to cooperate with it. You know, a lot of times we get started down a path and then we put the brakes on mm -hmm. and say, this is getting hard. You know, this change is hard and I don't want to go anymore. And God says, just trust me. And Rachel, I think you and I were talking earlier, whether whether we're getting the change from the world throwing us a curveball or whether God has asked us to allow a change in our life, both of those scenarios require us to trust that he is still in control, that he is not going to forsake us, that we're not going to let him down because 
we were never holding him up in the first place. God is God, and he can handle any change in our lives. I just want to say, you know, if you feel like you've been standing out in left field for a really long time, like grass has grown under your feet and there's cobwebs in your hair at this point, you've been out in left field for so long because you wanted to avoid the batter box, um, you might be thinking it's too late now to do anything new or go any place different or to, to change in any significant way. It's easier to just keep standing there. But... Nothing is impossible with God, and and our faith in God can help us kind of shake off those cobwebs and, and move to the batter box of life one more time and stand there with our bat and say, all right, God, throw me what you want to throw me. I'm, I'm in the game again. I love that. And, you know, a lot of times when we're in the middle of that storm hitting us in the face, we do have the choice of crawling in the dugout, like you said many of us want to do. You want to hide out, or we can say, okay, God, I want to face this head on. I want to do what you're calling me to do. And I think about when all of this happened with Dwight going into the hospital, and we were the day before his procedure, his surgery, sitting in the hallway, trying to just wrap our brains around what they had just told us. And we knew that life was about to change for us. And suddenly, I saw this young girl out of the corner of my eye walk up to a bench behind us and put her head in her hands and just start sobbing. And when we talk about noticing, noticing, God immediately just made me notice her. And here we were in the middle of our own crisis But God said, pay attention, notice. And I looked at Dwight and I said, do you care if I go pray with her? And he said, go. So I walked over there, put my arm around her and sat down beside her. And I said, are you okay? And she said, no, my husband just tried to commit suicide. And they have him on life support. We have four kids and I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, can I pray with you? I prayed with her, and I said, do you have a church family? She said, churches don't want me, and that broke my heart. Mm. I said, you know what? My church would want you, and she said, we don't live here. We live an hour away. I found out where she lived, and I know a pastor there. Mm. I said, can I pray with you right now, and then can I tell the pastor in your town he will love you, and the, the congregation there will love you. And she said, yes. She gave me her cell number. I prayed with her, and I sent a text to the pastor and told him the story, and her name was Brandy. I went on back to the hospital room with my husband. I never saw Brandy again. But he sent me a text later, and he said, we, we contacted her. Her husband did pass away, and our church has rallied around her and the kids, and we're taking care of it. Wow. And I thought, oh, Lord, we all have that that opportunity. It's not that I did anything except try to pay attention to what God was knocking on my heart to do. And in the middle of change, in the middle of your storm, 
in the middle of Gwen's change, in the middle of your health problems, Rachel, in the middle of the things that are going on in our life, God gives us opportunities to see those around us that are needing him as well. So as we trust him to take our hand and walk us through that change, will we also grab someone else's hand and take them on the journey too? This show today has been about change and whether the change has come from some outside source or whether God is calling you to make a change in your life, will you trust him today and know that he will carry you through the change? We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.